1: Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the beautiful state of Arkansas. As you can tell, we're not in the home studio today. We are in a hotel room. We left now... I know I haven't been on the air for a couple of days, but we've been really, really busy. So let me just fill you in on what's been going on. Most of you know that we had an invitation to attend a committee meeting uh, at the White House on Wednesday. So that's what we did on Wednesday, and that pretty much took up the whole day. We had a great tour of the White House in the morning, and then in the uh, late morning afternoon, like it started. What time did that start, JC? The meeting was... Was that at noon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Noon. So the meeting started at noon and then went until wow, I think three, nearly four. I think three o'clock. Almost by the time we left, it was nearly four o'clock, and then we had a dinner with people, and so that was pretty much the whole day Wednesday. Then Thursday morning, we got up early. We went straight to the airport. We flew from Washington D.C straight to Little Rock, Arkansas, where we, uh, where I immediately drove from the airport to the Capitol building, where I gave a presentation in Little Rock at the Capitol uh, building in the Rotunda. I gave a presentation on the constitutional role and duty of the local legislator, the oath taker, the oath keeper, actually is how I should put that. And, uh, and we have been incredibly busy. And then today, my goodness, today is Friday, right? When these, when we're teaching like this, JC sitting here next to me, when we're teaching like this, I really have a hard time keeping up with what day of the week that we're in, much less what time of the day because we're sl- flipping and flopping between time zones, right? And so today I got to teach, oh, my goodness, I think, Uh, sheriffs or representatives from sheriffs of four or five counties here in Arkansas today and the police chiefs and their representatives uh, from at least two cities in uh, here nearby in Arkansas, the constitutional role and responsibility of the local government. And I want to talk to you a little bit about those meetings because they were really, really fantastic. So I'd like to go ahead, since everybody's really curious about the meetings in Washington, D.C., I would really like to talk to you a little bit about what happened in that meeting. And JC's mic'd up here. with He's with us as well. So he's going to chime in uh, as we, we go along and talk about this. But um, I have some, if you're watching us, remember, watch us on YouTube. If you're not watching us live, which I understand is hard because we're not really regularly uh, scheduled broadcasts, but even if you don't catch us live, you can go to the YouTube channel chrisannhall.com and, or not chrisannhall.com, but the Chris Ann Hall YouTube channel, and then you can watch us on the YouTube channel. You can also go to chrisannhall.com if you're watching us on YouTube and you want to listen to us on the pho- on your phone or on your mobile device or whatever that may be. You can listen to us as a podcast through ChrisAnHall.com, through Google Music Play, iTunes, tune, uh, TuneIn.com, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify. There are uh, Jesus Pod. There's so many ways for you to listen to us as a podcast. I can't. I don't even know what they are. There are people posting our shows regularly on podcast forums. I don't even know where they're at. So we're very, very excited about everybody. Don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure that you click the bell and you like and subscribe. And if you're on Facebook, you like, subscribe, subscribe, and you mark to see us first. It's really important for us that you take the time to follow us, that you take the time to share what you see, because we're constantly being throttled by these social media networks. Uh, even our SoundCloud forum seems to be working really, really weird lately. So every time you go to listen to us, every time this you see us, every time you share what we're doing, it really, really helps us a lot. And it helps us even more if you leave comments. So remember to comment, share, like, subscribe, all that crazy stuff, because it helps us get the message out there. So if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you get to see the great... So a few of the pictures that we have uh, that I took while we were in D.C., a couple from the tour from the White House. The one in the middle is my favorite picture. I totally geeked out. Right there in the tour are two pictures of my two favorite presidents right there between, with with only a window between them. Well, on my left side I have James Madison and on my right side I have Thomas Jefferson and I was like like a little kid at Christmas. It was really, really awesome. So this meeting, I want to tell you that I was, I have to admit, I was very encouraged by what I heard. We met with the Deputy Director of Domestic Policy. Her name is Janine Lichter. And we talked about The administration's desire to bring proper education, to make religious liberty a priority. We talked about how the uh, Trump administration is becoming more proactive in their, um, I guess it's not really insertion into these matters, but the attorney general has the authority to issue what we call amicus briefs in these cases. And they're starting to submit amicus brief, which is friend of the court briefs, where they're just instructional and say, hey, we here at the Department of Justice believe that religious liberty is and liberty of conscience is a sacred principle, and we want to reflect that in our opinions in the law. So they're really starting to back that up. Uh, We talked about immigration. A guy named Theo Wald who uh, is an attorney. Do you remember what his title was, JC, Theo's?
0: I do not.
1: Okay, well, Theo, he was one, actually, as an attorney, he was my favorite, and and that's kind of crazy because I, the attorneys that usually, the government attorneys that usually talk, they're usually my least favorite because they're the all the judicial supremacy guys, the federal supremacy guys, and Theo was totally not like that, and he he started talking about how there's a problem not only in, in, in America but in the government about how people don't understand religious liberty. They don't understand liberty in general. They don't understand the applications, the proper applications of the Constitution. So you know he's standing up there singing my song, right? So I, I, of course, I have to like him. You know, J.C., what did you think about his his proposal the apparently the administration wants to do immigration reform. And you know, I was really, really surprised, JC, when he said that the last time the immigration process was updated was nineteen sixty-eight. Mm. Did you know that? Did you catch that when he said that? I, I mean, did. I here you see my phone. I took notes actually. So he said that the last time that that our immigration process was updated and overhauled was 1968. How is that even possible? But do you remember, J.C., he said that the administration wanted to look at updating the immigration policy to build a merit-based system for citizenship. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he said that seemed really, really interesting to me and and you guys, we've talked about this on the show. I've written articles about this. He said one of the biggest problems that we have with citizenship today is the loss of value in citizenship. Do you remember him saying that? Yeah. He said there's no incentive to be a citizen anymore.
0: Because well, in you- fact, there's more more incentive more incentive to come and then not not pursue citizenship at all.
1: Right, exactly. So so
0: not only de-incentivized away from citizenship, but Mm -hmm. incentivized away from citizenship.
1: Right, right.
0: So it's more beneficial for you to not even try. it.
1: Right, because you don't have to go through all the, the paperwork, the cost of becoming a citizen, yet even as an immigrant, even as a legal immigrant, you have all of the benefits of citizenship without the burden, seriously. And he was going on about how that's a problem and how this administration wants to make it a priority to to make the benefits of citizenship mean something. And that's what we've been talking about before. The difference between a right and a benefit and why the benefits of taxpayer dollars are only supposed to go to citizens, non-immigrant non Aliens, right? Aliens who are not citizens. I know that word offends some people, but if you pick up your history book and you look at it, you look at the law, whatever you want to call it, a person who is not a citizen is an alien. And the distinction is, if you are not a citizen... You ought not be receiving the benefits of citizenship. But look at this. Not only do we have people receiving the benefits of of taxpayer education as aliens, we have people receiving just normalized health care. I think emergency health care is a different thing, but normalized health care based on taxpayer dollars. You have housing and food and all of these things from taxpayer dollars being given to aliens who are not citizens those are the benefits of citizenship and now you've got even some states and some cities who are who who want to allow non-citizens the authority to vote and even run for office now we have to think about that from a logical from a thinking perspective and so when we get back from the break. I just I want to tell you uh, some more things that happened at this meeting at the White House. I know you guys have been waiting to hear it. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Enhall Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. If you don't have your Liberty First gear yet, Christmas is coming up. Why not build a Liberty First Christmas? Go to chrisannhall.com, get the Liberty First, go to the shop tab. We have books and DVDs and Uh, Then you can click on the Liberty First gear and get t-shirts and coffee mugs and phone covers and hoodies and leggings. And I mean, the list goes on and on. I can't think of a better Christmas than a Liberty First Christmas. And so um, we have our being necessary for the security of the free state t-shirt, which is right there on the front, all the scary guns. You know, JC, I've decided to take that out of my vocabulary those words assault weapons, and I'm just going to call them scary guns, because that's really what the word assault is supposed to mean, is the scary gun laws, right? So you have the scary guns right there on the front of the shirt, but you also have on the back of the shirt, you have uh, shall not be infringed. And JC designed this shirt so you can see the crosshairs on the back so that we make sure that we thoroughly offend all of the snowflakes with your t shirt. <laughs> so don't just educate, also, or don't just pontificate, also educate. And I know many of you have been asking me, and before, when you found out we were going to the White House, you started uh, giving me all kinds of questions. We didn't have a lot of time for a whole lot of interaction, but but Wednesday was all about laying the framework for building relationships for future events. Believe me, this is just the beginning of some really great things that I see happening that will be happening with Liberty First and the White House. I'm excited about the interaction that's being invited. Uh, You know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, Say what you want about the presidents, but I've never was never invited by by Barack Obama to visit the the White House to to teach to talk about the Constitution, to represent the Constitution and liberty in an issue. I was never invited by George W. Bush, although I don't think that I was doing what I, I wasn't doing what I was doing when George W. was president. But nonetheless, I I think that this is something that is very encouraging to me, and so. The uh, Theo Walt, the attorney, said that he that the administration is looking at creating a merit-based, multifaceted look at the application of the uh, of an immigrant wanting to become a citizen. So it's not just what are you doing here, what are you doing there, who are you as a whole person, not how long have you been here and have you stayed out of trouble while you were here. What have been your contributions since you've been here? What has been uh your focus? Are you are you ready to become an American? Do you remember the other aspects of this multifaceted yeah, well, also, look at the application?
0: Yeah, it was also involved, you know, what skills do you bring? Yes, not, right. You know, as you're as you're coming. So where are you coming from? What what skills do you bring? What
1: basically are you gonna become another welfare recipient in America? Are you going to be a consumer in America? Are you going to be a producer in America?
0: Yeah. yeah and I think that's really along important. Those lines. Yeah.
1: Because we 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 have enough problems in America with citizens already stuck on the dole and stuck sure. in the consumer side. Oh, we I don't w- need to bring in immigrants that are cut stuck on the consumer side.
0: I would suggest you have more of a problem with You know, from those that are already here, like that, than than you do with the immigrants coming in. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Truthfully, well, at least in my experience, most of the immigrants coming in are harder workers than, you know, they have a better work ethic than most Americans who are natural born citizens.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Sad to say.
1: They want to make the process less arbitrary, more meaningful. And that's, that's the thing I got. You, be, making becoming a citizen of the United States more meaningful. Yeah. Not just what can I get free from the government? What can I get? But make this more meaningful. Well, he I, says I, we want to start producing citizens yeah. rather than, you know, than people who are just benefiting from citizenship without participating in the process.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the, you know, when he got into the constitutional aspects as far as we need a process, a more robust process where that these folks are really learning the principles yes. uh, at the foundation of our republic, the, the the principles enshrined in our founding documents. And so it was, uh, it was refreshing to hear um, that being a focus of the process.
1: I liked how he said, you know, it's sad that some of our immigrants know more about the Constitution than our American citizens itself. So, yeah,
0: but hey, then, we'll then be then. right
1: back after the break, and we're going to talk more about our visit to the White House. can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Hanhall Daily Journal. You know, one thing that Theo Wald said is he he wants to find a way to make people more serious about becoming a citizen, more serious about, like JC said, the Constitution and its principles. If you want to be serious about that, and I mean really serious, go to LibertyFirstUniversity.com and start your training now. Remember... Christmas is coming up. Why not give a gift subscription to LibertyFirstUniversity.com? Give the gift of knowledge and education, the gift that makes us a better America. Was there something else you wanted to say? We were going into the break and you started to say something. I had to cut you off, but...
0: I forgot.
1: Oh, you forgot? <laughs> <laughs> you know, JC, I actually... Well,
0: let, let me clarify okay. to. Uh, Lucy, online, I didn't say all the gr- immigrants work harder than American. I never used <laughs> the word all. I didn't
1: so actually I, hear I said that at in all. In
0: my experience, many of the immigrants uh, that I encounter have more of a work ethic, mm-hmm. better work ethic, than many uh, many Americans that we encounter. Particularly, you, you think about the you know lefty millennial generation who they mm-hmm. want everything for nothing and aren't right. willing to work hard for it. But there and certainly there are immigrants with that same mentality. Uh, but there are also immigrants that come here ready to work uh, for the opportunities. That's that's why right. they're coming here, you know, many of them. And then they're the portion that Uh, come here just like, you know, when Obama's handing out free stuff and and drawing them here. So that's the whole point of the discussion that this guy was talking about, about the merit base of being able to figure out, uh, you know, and determine who those people are going to be. Because as Lucy rightly points out, there, there are offices, you know, these sort of welfare offices and things like that filled with the immigrants who just want a handout. And and that's the whole point. Can we I don't share? want those. Right. We don't that's not who we want. No, we no. want the ones with the work ethic. But we have to be careful not to paint with a broad brush, right. you know, as I I didn't say all Americans were lazy, nor would I say all immigrants are lazy or vice versa.
1: But here we are in this trap because if you remember, those of you who have been watching for a long time and listening for a long time, you know that George W. Bush spent in one one fiscal year over 11 million dollars in Mexico to advertise our food stamps. Yeah. That was not that was discretionary funding that came from the executive branch through an executive agency to send 11 to spend 11 over 11 million dollars to advertise to non-citizens on how to come to America. And right. get food stamps. Yep. That's the point that yeah. I think Theo was trying to make. Sure. That's the point you're making. We don't right. want this.
0: Yeah, Can and, Lu- I share and this? Lucy, Lucy agrees. So yeah. that's we're saying the same thing. Well, so let me share this that's article. That's exactly right.
1: This is from CNBC. Right? I, I don't think you saw this. I saw this. it's absolutely stunning. According to CNBC, half a half of millennials and seventy five percent of Gen Zers have quit jobs for mental health reasons. An estimated 46.6 million U.S. adults struggling with mental illnesses, such as anxiety disorder, according to the National Institute of Mental Health. But you don't have to be clinically diagnosed with a mental illness just to experience anxiety and stress in the workplace. So now, to millennials and Gen Zers, stress in the workplace, anxiety in the workplace is now classified as a mental illness, and now you can quit your job. Oh, seriously. And I'm not trying to, you know, defend whatever, but this is seriously a problem now. We have such a generation of snowflakes that if you have anxiety at work, you read this article. It's absolutely crazy. Anxiety and stress at work now qualifies as a mental illness. Mm. Seriously, don't go to law school. Don't become a corporate lawyer because you will feel stressed. Don't become a prosecutor. Don't go into family law because you will feel stressed. Can you name JC any job that doesn't have some stress in it? Seriously, if you get into a lunchtime rush at McDonald's,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're going to experience job stress. Stress is not mental illness. I wonder if that's in the DSM-5 now, stress as a mental illness.
0: You know, and it, con- it that makes me think of the way, you know, racist is thrown around. When you when when everything is mental illness, right? It undermines mm-hmm the the notion and, and trying to help and deal with real mental illness.
1: Right, right, exactly. So this
0: is, it's a dangerous thing when you, you you know, water that down.
1: But it's that whole work ethic. If you're feeling stressed out, you know, we should have seen this coming, JC, because when I went into the military oh, no. in 1997, <laughs> right? So I when I joined the, the military, I went and enlisted, even though I had a degree, I went and enlisted for various reasons. And... I, when I was going through basic training, they started this program where the, the recruits had stress cards where they could give the, the drill instructor, did they do that in the Navy too?
0: The stress cards? The
1: stress cards, yeah, right? Yeah, stress cards. So you could hand your DI, your drill instructor, a stress card and say, you're stressing me out, you're stressing me out. Yeah. Like, okay, how do we build soldiers who are going to go to war when they can't even handle the stress of basic right, training. Right,
0: right. It's like the milkman says here online in, in in the YouTube chat. A certain amount of stress is healthy for growth. Yes. Too much and constant can kill you. So that's the thing. If you can't handle the positive stress, you're not going to be able to deal with, you know, the high level of yes. stress that, that you're going to have to face. I love
1: in what, in what he says there, JC, because when, when I was in undergraduate school, I... I was really sort of debating whether what, because my degree is in biochemistry, I was debating on what I wanted to go into, and I really considered botany. And one of the experiments that we had in our botany class was what happens when a plant is not subject to the stress of sunlight. What happens when a plant is not subject to the stress of wind? It becomes pale, it becomes weak, it's stringy, it has no strength. But a, but stress is necessary for a plant to have a strong to have a strong right, stock right. and, mm-hmm. and to grow. And exactly. And we're we are we are raising weak, pale, stringy people.
0: Can who you cannot imagine? even
1: do anything to protect and, 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 and work for themselves?
0: We've said this many times and many other people have said it. Imagine imagine if this were the generation during World War Two. We'd all be speaking German, right?
1: I now. I don't even know, man. I can't even I can't even con- conceive of that. So, um, back to back to our meeting out in Washington D.C. Because I learned something. I learned that there is an amendment in the Civil Rights Act called the Church Amendment, and well, no, not in the Civil Rights Act. This is an executive order given. Remember when? Donald Trump issued the executive order uh, clarifying how our executive agencies were supposed to react to religious liberty issues. Well, they're calling it the church amendment. And what this does is it, it protects employees if they refuse to participate in abortions. So hospitals that receive federal money have to comply... Because of the Hatch Act, with federal rules, if you're a private hospital, this doesn't apply to you. But if you receive federal money, then the Hatch Act applies, and you have to follow the federal rules. And the Church Amendment says that if you are a nurse, a doctor, a a hospital employee, and it is against your religious convictions to participate in an abortion, then you don't. Then the, the hospital can't force you to do that. Right. Apparently, they were doing that to weed out all the people saying, yes, you have to do this, and then forcing these people to do this to keep their jobs or to not keep their jobs. What was really encouraging to me, and I wanted to get this out on the airwaves because I didn't know this was true, but remember we've talked about this before. If you have a church soup kitchen or a church food bank and you receive government food or government funding, it used to be that you couldn't hang a cross in your food bank because it would offend people and they would have to leave. You couldn't pray with them. You actually had to have to have them ask you for prayer and then you have to take them to a completely different place where nobody can hear you to pray with them. Well this church amendment guideline from Donald Trump's executive order says that's no longer the case, mm-hmm. because this is not, uh, and it's not an infringement upon somebody's liberties to yeah. receive this money and be visually, you know, in the presence of a cross or something like that. It's the opposite, and that's what we've been trying to say all along. Refusing people's rights to to post and to speak is the imposition of liberty, not making you know, subjecting people to those visions and to those words. Right. So I was happy to see that, but I thought about this, J.C., and I just want you to think think my logic through. This church amendment protects doctors from from having to participate in abortions at Hatch Act hospitals if they don't. Uh, if it's contrary to their beliefs. Well, what if vaccinations created with fetal, aborted fetal tissues is a violation of my religious liberty?
0: Mm.
1: Wouldn't the church amendment also uh, apply there? Because we have hospitals, we have uh, government, businesses, you know, people that would be subject to the federal rules because of the Hatch Act, who are forcing their employees to take these vaccinations that that contain aborted fetal tissue, and the people don't want to do this because they say it's a violation of their religious beliefs to right. inject their bodies with aborted fetal tissue.
0: Yeah, and then they're trying to now go after those religious exceptions yes. to that.
1: So, yes. Yeah wouldn't and this is just my thinking I want to throw this out there to our our people who are concerned about these vaccinations these you know you you guys are on this this campaign why don't you look into seeing if the church amendment helps you too because in my legal mind that's the same kind of application right so I was I was really uh excited about that uh there's just a lot of things the oh justice reform we talked about too didn't we Uh, That was Mark Zeldin. He was the director of the Center for Faith from the Labor Department. Talked about justice reform, talking about programs called From Incarceration to Integration. And um, I don't know. I was just encouraged. Now, I will admit that I had to turn off the part of my brain where I realized there are programs out there that are not federal authorities, Right. But when you're standing in the midst of the damage of a f- ha- Category 5 hurricane, you got to pick where you're gonna your home, going to begin your recovery. The Chris Head Hall Show. Welcome back to the Chris Anhall Daily Journal. Overall, excluding, you know, those things that I talked about, and I know uh, you guys know that I'm very firm on state rights and the powers of the federal government and the authorities of the federal government, But I'm really excited about having an inroad to bring these issues to the forefront. I'm not telling you that this is some miracle solution. I'm not telling you that I went up there and found everything perfect. You know that's not right. You know that's not possible. But I am encouraged by what we saw, and I'm encouraged by the continuing efforts of a continuing relationship. And there seems to be people within this particular group that we met with that are really concerned about the Constitution and liberty, and that's what we need. We need people who are concerned, so that we can reach them.
0: Right? Yeah, I, I, Reaching
1: I, them is yeah, the important part. I can
0: tell you, just from my personal view. And again, you know, there there are there are um, things about there are things Donald Trump has done, you know, that
1: and still y- does.
0: You could complain about.
1: Yeah, but I, I think you could do more than complain <laughs> about, but
0: but I can say, on on the whole, and certainly in given areas, I can't remember an administration an administration fighting for the liberty of individuals more than this one in in particular areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are other areas that they're kind of off the rails, but. I mean, Uh, he he
1: promised to return land to the states, and he hasn't really done that. He's actually expanded federal lands in certain places, but he has pulled back in other places. But I want to tell you, JC, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. I probably won't change my mind, but (laughs) I'm just kidding. I really believe that a lot of the problems that we have in Washington, D.C., you know, with this group in particular maybe – is the fact that the education has been bad for so long and people simply don't are not aware. I taught today the sheriffs. I told you the sheriffs and police chiefs here in Arkansas. And after our three-hour class, JC, one of the police chiefs came up to me. And let me tell you what he was no spring chicken. Okay, it was quite obvious this guy has been in that uniform for a very long time. Andy's a chief. He came to me. I watched him through the entire presentation, and he sat there. He's like like this, looking at me with this face, and 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 you know he was tense and and sitting forward and at you know on the edge of his seat, and and I was a little wondering if maybe he was angry at what I was saying or angry at me. But he came up to me and he said. After the, after the train, he said, whoa. He said, Chrisanne, I didn't know any of that. Where did that come from? Do you know that whole, JC, that whole room of sheriffs and, and, and police officers and deputies, only two or three had actually heard about the Constitution Free Zones? Wow. The, the the federal court's opinion that there is a hundred mile band running on the outside of the United States in which the Constitution does not apply. How many of you is that is that news to any of you out there that that the federal government through their judges have decided that there is a zone, a, a, a band from the border of every state on the border in 100 miles to which the Constitution does not apply.
0: According to the federal government.
1: According to the federal government. Do you know if you look at the Constitution-free zone maps, you can see the entire state of Florida is a Constitution-free zone, which means the entire state of Florida in the eyes of the federal government is no longer a state, it's a colony. Because if the Constitution does not apply in the state of Florida, it's not a sovereign state. Right. I don't know. So we're trying to bring this education to the people. And I think the one thing that I took away from that, one of the other positive things that I took away was the reaffirmation that Thomas Jefferson was right. You can't believe anything that's in the news today. We learned a lot of great things that, is hap- that are happening in, in this administration. I don't know, maybe there were great things happening in the Obama administration, but nobody took the time to reach out to the people and get them involved. And I think that's the most encouraging thing that I saw was getting the people involved. There are tons of people coming to the White House over the next two weeks, meeting with groups just like ours Mm -hmm. to get the people involved in the process, returning the federal government back to the people. You know what's crazy, JC? I wanna know why the congressmen haven't done this in decades. Your congressman, your member of the House of Representatives, is the direct representative of the people. Why haven't your House of Representatives been bringing constituents up to the White House to get them involved in these processes? Yeah. Why did it have to take Donald Trump? Well, look, guys, we have to go, but we'll be right, uh, we will see you next time, and I'll tell you more about these trips in Arkansas. God bless you guys. See you next time.